Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 138. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. If there's one thing we've learned from all of our past guests, it's that you need to invest in your knowledge, and there's no better way to do it than with audiobooks. Go to www.audibletrial.com unstoppable to get your free audiobook today and become unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Chef Eric Wanagorio. Chef, are you feeling unstoppable today? I am always. <laughs> I love your name, by the way. Did I say it right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Close <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, we man. both got the good first yeah, name. That's a good, uh-huh. good old yeah. Italian name. It's good right. stuff. So let me just give a quick introduction, Chef, and then I'll uh, pass it over to you to learn more. Hailing from Boston, Massachusetts, Chef Buonagorio got his experience the good old fashioned way. By working hard and learning from great mentors uh, and getting his hands just filthy dirty with experience. His past <laughs> mentors I include uh, Executive Chef Paul Callahan, who was one of my recent guests, had amazing things to say about you, Eric. And uh, restaurateur Jason, uh, Jason Santos, um, now armed with all this experience, uh, he his most recent title was Executive Chef at Parla, located in Boston's North End. Uh, chef, this is just a huge aerial view of who you are, what you got going on. Um, I'm going to pass it over to you to learn more, but before we do learn more about you, I want to find out what your success quote, what your mantra is for the day to get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling. What do you have for us? Uh, you know, uh, there's a few, but they all kind of gravitate toward the same person. Uh, it's Napoleon Hill who once said it. Uh, you say every adversity, every failure, every headache carries with it the seed of an equal or greater success. And uh, I think if you really grasp that quote and actually try to understand it for what he meant, it's it's just really useful. You know, people get discouraged and want to quit the first time, but not realizing that, you know, they just learn, you know, now they know, you know, now they just be even better, you know. It's just really good. Say that quote for me one more time, Chef. Okay, it's... um. Every failure, every adversity, every headache carries with it the seed of an equal or greater success. What I hear from that, when I listen to the words you just spoke from Napoleon Hill, what resonates with me is you have the option, you have the ability to look at what you do as a lesson learned, as a, you know, um, are you failing forward or are you getting caught up in the past? I mean, exactly. I think that's the thing we can do. And uh, if you have that mentality that if you come, if you fall short, if you fail at something, I mean, it's only a failure if you let it get to you as a failure. Yeah, let so. it be, exactly, you know, and it's just... I think training yourself to really, you know, always just see the good in things, you know, it's, especially in this world, it's so easy now to gravitate towards the, you know, the shittier parts, you know, of everything, you know, and I've met some people where it's just, you know, it makes me want to, you know, throw some corks in my head. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and and it's proof. You know, if you're around, if you're around misery, you're gonna start feeling it. You know, it's the power of attraction, man. The I, power of attraction. I, I love it. All right, man. Thank you for sharing that. We're feeling motivated. We're feeling uh, like we can conquer the world. So let's talk about you, man. Talk to me about when you first knew. If there's a time you can reflect upon when you knew that this was gonna be more than just a job but your career and kind of take us from there on to how you got to where you are today ah uh, you know that it's kind of a tough one because I feel like in this business for me at least going on with you know a lot of you know other things outside of you know because i'm still young you know for the most part when i was working with these great chefs i was still busy making you know stupid mistakes being 17 18 year old you know so it's kind of um Interesting, but can you think, Chef, of a time though, like where yeah, yeah. when you were working, like where there was like a pivotal point where this wasn't just a job for you in the kitchen, but you want to tackle it? Yeah, I feel like I've had a few of them, but it was definitely the most definite one was you know I, I was just I've I had worked in a diner from the age of fourteen to no I'm sorry 
technically just about 13 years old. I uh, just turned 13. I started buttering the toast at a diner, and then uh, by the time I was 16, I was, <clears throat> you know, just working kind of, I worked in a sub shop that made cool, you know, homemade tips and stuff. It was kind of good, you know, pizza. Mm -hmm. uh, it was actually called Wicked Cheesy, which was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked Cheesy. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so I worked there, and then at this time, I was almost graduating high school, and I decided, you know, my brother was doing plumbing and got me into this new restaurant that was going to be open. So kind of went in there, you know, in my head, subconsciously, you know, realize, I didn't quite realize that, you know, for my age, I actually had a resume, you know, and mm -hmm. it, it just like, oh, well, you know, I guess I've done it. And then that's when I met Paul Callahan, mm -hmm. which uh, once I met him, it became different, you know. He... he he made me see the good in me and the potential in me and and with it you know just really uh, accepted me you know and really grasped it and, and just saw that i was hungry you know mm. and he like so far i haven't let him down i don't think so <laughs> um that's when that's definitely when you know so i guess i guess you could say when i was about six seventeen that's when uh at high street gorilla was that's when i kind of that's when i that's when I started to kick it up a notch, you know. I was by that point instead of, you know, watching Emeril Lagasse on Food Network, you know, I was reading El Bulli cookbooks and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, getting going away gifts from there with, you know, a nice new Japanese blade, Day at El Bulli and uh the original Lydia Shire um uh cookbook, so I still have that. That one's awesome. but yeah, so I mean don't get me wrong, there's been times where <clears throat> you know, for me at least where at one point, I quit cooking when I was, like, 19 years old and just, you know, said, you know, F this, I'm done. I don't want to cook anymore. It's too stressful. I'm going to go work HVAC with my brother, and, you know, I'm done. And I, you know, was, I, I really told myself that. And then, you know, two months after doing these, this HVAC stuff, just the same thing every day. It, it just, you know, it's kind of like almost like a drug addict who doesn't have his fix, you know? So like, would you I, say that was your pivotal point when you got away from it? Is that what it took to help you realize what you needed to... There's so many different points, you know? it's For me, it's been a roller coaster, you know? And, and this business is really good at some points to really, you know, if you let it, it takes the life out of you, you know? It sucks you drive. But then, you know, I kind of had a few times where, yeah, you know, I stepped back and then I realized that I wanted to cook, but just I was always, you know... Uh, second guessing things you know and it really took a certain mindset to really you know you know i sat down you know i thought like okay what is it that i love about you know cooking and kind of it was up and down you know <laughs> yeah man i hear you. you know it's just uh it's it's like i said it's really easy in this business if you're you know if you're weak-minded because you know for a long time i had a drug problem i developed when i was around 18 mm -hmm. so uh between that and uh you know, it's, it's, your mind starts, you know, messing with you, you know, so, uh, yeah, but, you know, if it wasn't for cooking, I'd probably be dead right now, so. So, how, how did cooking help you? I mean, how did this, this industry, how did it impact you? How did it influence you to overcome the challenge you had to get to where you are today? It is probably the sole reason I am, never mind, I mean, you can talk about the success, but for me, it's, it's a lot, uh, Success is kind of the stuff you don't see. Just me being alive and uh, healthy now and, and sober and clean. Uh, that's that. If it wasn't for cooking, I most likely I could probably either be dead or in jail, being a heroin addict. Who knows? You know, because uh, it was the only thing that really. It, for anyone who's had that addiction, it, it's those days when you know <clears throat> you don't have you know whatever it is your Percocet and you. And you get up and you feel like death, you know. Like mm. there's nothing that wants to make you get up. It, it for me, cooking was that reason, you know. Mm. And no matter what, I, I didn't call out, you know. Even I could be, you know, I had a fever. I was sweating some days, and I could barely stand up, you know. At the time, it was miserable, you know. But it, I didn't, I couldn't really appreciate what it was actually doing at the time. And then stepping back now, it's 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 amazing at how cooking in the kitchen and. Uh, it just made me very determined, you know, I wasn't going to stop, you know, like, it, it, it wasn't, a, they, that, for me, there wasn't a good reason to not be at work, you know, <laughs> no matter what it was, no, you know, no matter how sick I felt, you know, and it really, it gave me something that I was proud of, you know. When you say it gave you a purpose, Chef, I hear a, a lot yeah. of times when people, they, they turn to drugs, they're lost, they don't have a purpose, they don't have a reason, and it yeah. sounds like from what I'm hearing from you is that you got involved, I mean, you, the, 
the passion you have, the love you have for the work you're doing gave you that purpose. Yeah, my voice, yeah, my voice became heard, you know, mm. from when I left work at some points, you know, I, w I would go home after, you know, this is like, you know, two years after, you know, of using and just really, you know, becoming a just a bad person in my opinion. But, mm. you know, it gave me, you know, I could go there and it was like Marco Pierre White said, it was almost like a bubble, you know, he mm. had this little bubble around him that was a natural painkiller. <clears throat> I could go, I could go to work and all those problems, you know, all of a sudden from being that drug addict, that was the person who they wanted to ask me how to do this. So, you know, uh, you know, he just asked me for recipe. Just, I, I felt hurt, you know, and it was really, it, it's still probably the most gratifying, you know, feeling ever, you know. That's part of the reason why I love cooking. But yeah, it's 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 amazing what it can do. It, it, it's part of the one of the reasons too. Someday, hopefully, I wish to be able to do kind of like a cooking program with uh, recovering addicts, mm. kind of like AA or NA, but <clears throat> using cooking instead, you know. But because uh, I'm not a big fan of meetings like Alcoholics Anonymous and stuff, they're just not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like we're kind of starting to like get into the part of the interview. We're going to discover more of your if factors. But one thing um, I've noticed, and what things I've heard in the past, people that work the line, they get in the zone, and it's almost like an athlete. The adrenaline rush, but, the I mean, <laughs> you can get addicted to that. For somebody who kind of has that addictive personality, and I, I'm, I'm one of those people too, man. I love my nicotine. When I was younger, I, it was hard for me to kick that, but I did. But it's just like you get those things. Like, but you can easily get addicted to this industry because of that. Um, you get in that. You're on the line, man. You that just it just takes over you. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad to hear that that seems to be what happened with you. But another thing I want to point out, man, yeah, you own it. Um, some people would point fingers when they go the wrong direction, but you have accountability. You're saying that was only me and my fault alone, and now look what you're doing with yourself. So oh, it's awesome stuff, dude. Thank and, you. Man. Um, on that topic of if factors, if you could like limit it down to a few things about yourself, your habits, your characteristics, what would you say most contributes to your success? Um, definitely the first thing immediately is my uh, my definite of purpose. Um, I know we talked about it briefly before about Napoleon Hill, but um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, he used to you know I forget which one exact which one of his books or audios it was in, but. He talks all about, you know, just definite a purpose. I mean, he talks about it in basically every book he has. It's just, mm -hmm. it's so important to just, you know, you have to, whether it's you write it down or, you know, now with so many computers and stuff, you go and put it, you know, on, you know, some fancy uh, file holder on your iPod or whatever. Anything, anywhere where you need to put it, just to put your goals, you know, what, what your purpose is here, you know, because reality is you don't have that much time, you know. And, Jeff, what's your definite, what, what, tell me what your definite purpose is. Uh, I'm definite in just making myself happy through sustainable, healthy ways, Eric. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, that's probably the most basic term I could put it. I just want, I'm, I want to not only make myself happy, but be able to make other people happy while I make mm -hmm. myself happy. And in this case, it's, you know, uh, cooking and farming and you know, uh, teaching kids how to cook, if that's what it comes down to, you know, uh, showing people how to forage in the woods, whatever it is, you know, just sustainable, you know, lodge, you know, just, I don't know, it's, it's the world that I, unfortunately, am growing up in. <laughs> I say unfortunately because uh, I feel like everything, all this technology is really good at taking away from what, just what cooking food is all actually about, you know, everyone takes itself for granted, but... Uh, go a few days with food, and then you you know people will be like, oh wow, you know they they forget how important it actually is. <laughs> now that you know people, even with water, you know at the bottom of water, everyone just takes these things for granted. You know, and culinary students, I could <clears throat> show them a plant in my garden, which I'm sitting right now, and ask them, you know, it's a pea plant. I could say, what is this? And they could say asparagus for Christ's sake, just because people, you know, a lot of people know. For me, it's I know I want to, you know. My, I want to have uh, a farm. I want to have some really beautiful plants and just give people a place to come, almost like a retreat, you know, and enjoy some food maybe or, you know, spend the night and hopefully I have some tree houses one day. <laughs> um, but, so no, but just for anyone, you need to be definite in what you're going to do, you know, whether it's, you know, it is what it is. You know, there's, there's chefs who, you know, who pride themselves on the best, you know, hamburger, just straight up, you know, nothing fancy hamburgers, you know, and and they don't care where that's up. That's fine, you know, but I just hope one day I see, you know, you see more people just caring more about 
uh, what they're eating. You know, like in culinary school, it'd be awesome to see. You know, a bot. You know, at least a small little horticulture class. You know, because yeah. you know you'd think that'd be important. You know. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, what I'm hearing from you, from what I'm picking up, from what you're giving me. I mean, you said your definite purpose. I mean, you had your definite your definite purpose, but. I'm hearing that you're an educator, that you're a mentor, that you're somebody who loves spreading happiness. You love, you love educating people on the way things can be and should be. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. Would you say that's on target yeah. to what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. Uh, that does sound about right. You know, I've never really thought about it in that uh, perspective, say, but uh, it's kind of nice to get a different view. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't like to. You know, you cannot, if you ask my girlfriend, you know, when she gets home every day, it's, you know, I just try to overload it with, you know, something I learned last night or something mm. I learned today, you know, and, and, you know, she said I should just be a teacher, but I kind of, you know, laughed it off, but I don't know, I feel like there's no use in knowing all this stuff if you can't tell other people, you know what I mean, mm. and just spread that knowledge, you know, and I feel like that's the difference between, you know, smart people and, you know, actual bright people you know you can read a book and memorize all these words and stuff but do those people truly understand what they're even reading you know what i mean and then there's the people who who sees things and wants to understand why it's happening and then you know that's you know everyone makes a little change and it'll be fantastic so chef we learn here at restaurant unstoppable through stories so can you tell me a story where this it factor of yours your ability to know your definite purpose in life really shined through like take me to a moment where (laughs) like just because you knew your purpose and it was so definite you helped get to that next level i know you know i had this go um First kind of, I guess you could say, we thought was serious girlfriend dated from, you know, best friends at 15 years old. And then by, you know, 16, we were dating. And fast forward to the year, you know, three years later, and we're, we're freshly both 18 and just got a new apartment. And, you know, everything was great. You know, I was working with Jason Santos down at Gargoyles on the Square at the time, mm-hmm. um, which is an awesome, awesome, awesome place. I can, that's the one time I can say I genuinely enjoyed working with Jason. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> um, Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so basically, you know, it was nine months, so no, just about a year into there, um, really had learned a lot, stepped, stepped it up there, in my opinion, you know, became, I could work every station, I, I was barely 18 years old, and at the time, Jason, you know, was doing everything except trying to make stuff levitate off the plates, I mean, which we thought about, you know, just very, at his, at his, at his prime time, you know, and, uh, I had this girlfriend, and, Long story short, uh, got in a lot of fights, and I ended up in jail. All right. Being held in jail uh, from the, I was 18 for the first time. <laughs> there was a second time, but the second was voluntarily, um, which I'll get to that. But then uh, I got locked up for 30 days on a dangerous hearing because I felt, you know, I was just mentally unstable. I was using drugs. Me and her had started together, and it was just a vicious cycle, you know, and, mm-hmm. and at the time, all we wanted to do was blame, 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 except blame ourselves. It actually ended up becoming good because, you know, I went there once, got out, still started to reuse, and then finally, you know, really kicked back and said, you know, okay, what am I doing here, you know, and ended up violating my probation a month before I was going to get off. Uh, so they wanted to either give me another year and a half of probation, make me redo the program. Um, basically, I, I just said, you know what, this is when I'm gonna, this is I'm gonna, I'm gonna change this. You know, that, that's kind of when I woke up and said, you know what, what's happening here? You know, what am I doing? You know, and because uh, at the time, you know, it was really embarrassing to Jason. You know, because mm-hmm. I was, you know, really stepping it up there, and he was moving on. You know, think, talking about new restaurants, and I was hoping, you know, oh geez, you know, I hope I don't go back to jail. You know, and. Um, so I, instead of going back on probation, I, I talked to Jason and said, you know, this is what I have to do. I'm going to just take care of it. I'm going to go volunteer to go into jail. I'm going to reflect. I'm going to come back, <clears throat> be the best cook you've ever had, you know, be the best chef, actually, because he just actually wanted me to become sous chef. Um, I went there sitting in jail. All I really had was my pen and paper and and. All I all I did I still have the notes. It's just me nonstop for you know days, continuously writing down restaurant ideas and 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 making this plate and you know showing the you know the my bunk mate you know that this is them saying oh you know trying to imagine this food and and it actually helped me so much to get through that and now you know I ended up actually using a lot of the ideas and getting them a lot a lot of them to work because when you're in there, it's 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 really easy to get lost and go to dark places or. 
you know, <laughs> yeah, to man. say the least. And but if you, it's also really easy to be able to go somewhere awesome because, like you know, I noticed I would read a book and the book was ten times better. You know, it was a Da Vinci Code. I read it when I was a kid and then I read it when I was there and the book was like a hundred times better because I realized, you know, I could literally transform it. I could, I was in that book, you know, because I did not want to be where I was so bad. And, um, you know, I had a kind of like, you know, dreams of cooking and stuff. Like, literally would wake up thinking I was in the restaurant, like, you know, and once I got out of there, things had changed, you know. <clears throat> I was, that's when I kind of had my def subconsciously, you know, I didn't even care about Napoleon Hill by then, but I subconsciously had my definite purpose, you know, and that's when it really, I kicked into high gear, you know, and said, this ain't gonna be me, you know, I know what I want now, and, um, yeah, just cooking, like I said, it's just, it's, it was a game changer, you know, without cooking, I don't know, you yeah. know. And, Chef, I mean, I love that, that real story, I mean, that was such a, just, you brought it down, yeah. and you exposed yourself, you told us about your, your lowest times, but one thing I want to point yeah. up, this is a personal growth podcast for a reason. It's because you won't start to be successful in this industry until you can get, get control of yourself, until you can make yourself awesome. Because this industry is all about making your restaurant into an extension of who you are. Uh, the things you do to other people, the way you make other people feel. and it's, You have to have that definite purpose. You have to know. like You have to wake up every day and live intentionally and say, hey, this is why I exist. And it's, unless you can make that switch, like you won't make it. You have to contribute yourself. And it sounds like that's when you started getting your success. When you say, you know what, like I'm going to live intentionally. I'm going to wake I up told, every day. Once, once I told myself I was going to, you know, I, I try to tell my girlfriend that because... Um, you know, she's kind of, she was at a place where she wasn't sure what she wanted to do and stuff, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and now with all the pressure of school fees and stuff like that, it can get to people and it's just, I try to tell, you know, what are you, what, what's going to make you happy, you know, like they're, they're mm. it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's crazy, you know, you just need to, it's, it's really easy to fade and start drifting in this world, I feel like now with all the distractions and especially in this business for Christ's sakes, you yeah. know, it's such cutthroat, you know, people are opening all the time and if you don't take risks, you know, see you later, but then you take a risk and they, they shred you on Yelp, you know, by someone, you know, <laughs> and it's so easy to, you know, see the, you know, if you get bad Yelp reviews and you see them and it's so easy, look at it, you know, there's mission star chefs for Christ's sakes who, you know, uh, I forget the guy's name, but um, I never followed him too much, but he was, he was a mission star chef uh, for 13 years straight and then he heard a rumor, not even fact, rumor that he was going to drop a mission star that year. And the guy shot himself in the face in his kitchen with a shotgun, you know. And, and, and it just shows. And that's, I could go on and on, you know, story after story after story about people like him, you know, that just, uh, you know, look at Moto, you know. It just happened, you know, Chicago. Moto, the guy, you know, on the cover you think is, you know, he's doing some awesome stuff, but then, you know, clearly, you know, there was some, some problems going on there, you know. He decided to, you know, unfortunately, you know, end his own life, which is really sad. I really, uh, I was uh, excited to one day be able to meet that guy, go to that restaurant, because um, I think what he was doing was fantastic. But um, it just shows you, you know, it's just really, it's up to you to, uh, to, to, you know, dictate your fate. You know, some people say there's no such thing as, you know, coincidence. There's no such thing as good luck, you know. Because you create it, you know what I mean? So Yeah, and I think, I mean, you can summarize it all in one word that you said. It's happiness, man. It, it, can you wake up with a definite purpose but be happy at what you're doing? And that's what I'm hearing you say, and it's so crucially important. But um, I want to get to a career failure challenge now. I mean, you shared this quote with us about how failure is relative. It's all about what you make of the situation and what you learn and how you fail forward. So talk to us about a time, Chef, where you just fell hard on your ass what you learned from that experience and how you got past it? I mean, obviously, I would say uh, failure in terms of what I think is, you know, I haven't, you know, going to jail and all that stuff. But in terms of uh, at work. Was there a time where the you hid something or you, you met, messed up or you... you... Oh. <laughs> uh, um, so I was at Gargoyles and I just... So when I started Gargoyles, I was... I was, you know, I was a pretty okay cook, you know, I was working with Paul, and, you know, I, I read a lot of books, and read a lot of, about, you know, just stuff, you know, that I wanted to put myself in a position where I kind of faked it till I made it, you know, <laughs> fake it till you make it, you know, I, I know, 
we just get hooked up, contacted on, on Facebook, and you liked one of the things that just, uh, forget the exact quote, but it was kind of like, you know, if someone offers you to do something and you don't know how, just say yes and figure it out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's so true, you know, because that's kind of what I did there, you know, and and because he needed a grill cook. I worked grill a few times, you know, Paul showed me the basics, you know, uh, but on the level that he was at and, you know, the level I had to portray, you know, I kind of was just like, yeah, of course I know my temps. Boom, boom, boom. You know, <laughs> so I got there, you know. At first it was going all right. And then um, I remember there was this one night where we had a few steaks. I think it was a special. And there was a medium rare and there was a medium and there was, I think, uh, like, a, <clears throat> like another medium rare before that. So I sent one out. It was perfect. But then... They needed this other ticket really bad, and uh, you know the, the medium ran the medium, and I was like, okay, we, you know, we chef, it'll be right up. I cut into it, and Eric, and I tell you, one of them was raw, and <laughs> one of them, one of them was like medium well, and I was just like, my heart, you know, dropped, you know, because at that point, I, I wasn't safe, you know what I mean? You know how in some jobs you can get to that kind of point where you, you, you know, you know that even if you kind of whoops, you make a mistake, you know, your job's safe, you know, you're not gonna. Mm-hmm. I wasn't anywhere near that place, so I was, you know, I was shaking and, you know, I was just like, you know, okay, this is a good idea. I'm going to, you know, basically I tried to miss and match, like a little puzzle, you know, like, okay, you know, this one, one for you, one for you. You know, she lo- loved me, you love me not, you love me, you love me not. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I went for it and, yeah, and so the sous chef, I'll never forget it, but uh, he just happened to look, but he told me that they got sent back, but he ended up... <clears throat> taking both of them and giving them to Jason and, and Jason just tore me apart man like when I tell you just like sorry you know slam the plate made me recook two more before he yelled at me actually did he I cannot no no actually no he kicked my ass right off had me go outside and I've never uh, up to that point I was never yelled at so you know just just so much and actually was you know you know listen you know yeah. Well, my parents have yelled at me, you know, everyone when they were kids, and they can kind of just, like, you know, turn the off switch on, and it's kind of just uh, sounds like a bird humming, you know, like, you know, but this, I was, you know, very, you know, I was awake, and, you know, my adrenaline was going, I was just staring face-to-face behind gargoyles, you know, and he just let me have it, you know, oh, I would fucking fire you, oh, boom, you're done, this, you know, who did this and that, I think it's a little, some of this stuff might be too, a little too graphic, but anyway, so, <laughs> I was about to start crying. I, I just felt, you know, I was just saying, yes, chef, yes, chef. He ended up demoting me. So I ended up, for a couple of weeks, he made me work only gamage, Um which at the time, you know, it was he knew what he was doing. You know, to me, that was, a, you know, it's like I got kicked in the balls, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had to re-prove myself, you know. So what did I do? I went home and I, you know, I read every little thing about cooking meat, about, you know, how the science and molecular level of the meat resting and why you let it do it, how long for each type, you know, uh, uh, different ways to do temperatures and uh, how to properly rest and, you know, different types of meat, just every every little thing, you know, and and that's probably, you know, some of, I feel like how I got most, a lot of my success was just being able to, to you know, I obsessed over a lot of stuff, you know, if I didn't do something or I had yeah. to, you know, at that moment in time, I was damned to ever have that happen to me again, you know, I felt... I felt like a, you know, a piece of shit, you know? <laughs> so, in, like, in a couple of words, Chef, can you just tell me, like, if you could just limit it to, like, a one short sentence, what was your biggest failure there? My biggest failure there was at the end, was when I left, uh, was when I quit there to be closer to my ex-girlfriend. I let personal, I let personal preference dictate what I was going to do. And uh, it sent me back quite some time. So this uh, experience, this this being put down by the chef, is why you left? Uh, no, well, that was probably... Well, that was... No, no, that was a few months after, but... So, um, let me rewind. When that In that moment, when the sh- like when you made the decision to try to get creative, to get yourself out of this problem that you created for yourself, I mean, what was, like, the biggest failure that you... Like, was it a, a sacrifice of sta- a standard of excellence? Like, what was your biggest failure in that moment? Oh, to, in my eyes, the I felt, I I just felt like I let him down. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like, you know, I, I I failed to give the customer that from that point on. I I, I saw as I failed to give the customer the best that they could have, and and it really 
that point on, you know, I think every chef can agree they have that point where all right isn't good enough. And, mm-hmm. and when they start obsessing over the little things and, and can start doing those little things even faster and just all of a sudden have mediocre isn't okay, you know. And that's mm-hmm. when, you know, I think that's when you can become – that's when your mentality shifts from becoming a, a cook to a chef when you have one of those failures and it really wakes you up. And for me, yeah, that, I, I just felt like, you know, I just felt so immature and just adolescent, you know, like what I could have made so much in my eyes. I could have made so many better mistakes, you know, but so I, I fucked up. What was, what was the lesson, the biggest takeaway from this experience? If you could, you know, like what's what do you do differently now? Uh, just a, a need for perfection, you know. I just became, I just became definite in 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 noticing the small things. You just gotta, when people are paying big bucks and all the competition, it's, you know, some people will say, laugh it off and say, oh, they're only the small things. But I think those are the losers. <laughs> and yeah. to become great, it's those those little things, you know. And you, you just have to. Yeah, I learned how to the importance of <clears throat> the details you know the devil is in the details you know mm-hmm. and the devil is in every single one of us you know <laughs> and if we let it it really woke my eyes up and matured me as a cook and was really a turning point of me starting to become you know more sous chef quality you know you can't teach people if you don't know yourself and unfortunately i've met a lot of people who you know rush and rush and all they want is the title you know and nowadays i say nowadays because things have been changing even since i started cooking you know i'm only 24 I never used to see so many cooking class commercials and, you know, this, oh, oh pay now and you'll be a chef, you know? <laughs> you know, none of that, none of that, I can't even remember that stuff. It wasn't on as much. Like, it, it's, stuff's changing and, yeah, and I feel like, you know, people are starting to lose the, you know, you need those failures. People, cooks now, they don't want to experience those failures mm. before they become a chef, you know? They want to learn how to do molecular gastronomy, <laughs> you know? I, I was in the, you know, I was... I was, I knew I had more knowledge than the sous chef at the time. I was 17 years old, you know, talking about foams and, you know, spumas and we're going to, you know, do this and Grand Arkansas does that and Albuli, you know, oh, fake olives and this and that, you know, and then, and then I roasted a whole case of chickens upside down, you know, and I was <laughs> where I just felt like a asshole, like, that's a good one too, yeah. I rolled a whole, you know, a truck <laughs> case of chickens, put them skin down, Eric, you know, which to the skin is the most beautiful part. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Jason pulled him out and uh, uh, he reamed at me, oh, you want to, you want to, you know, make fucking stuff levitate off the plates, but you can't roast chickens. You know, if all these stick, you know, I'll never forget, he said, if all these chickens stick, not only are you going to pay for every single one of them, but you're going to be fired too. (laughs) (laughs) And thank God they, they, they didn't stick. So, uh, I, I made it out of that one, but you know, that was nothing. You just feel so stupid, you know, and then that need for that never for me i'm prideful person you know i don't like to not know like mm-hmm. i like to know you know <laughs> and, i hear you man it's awesome and we can learn so much from those those failures i 100 percent agree with you and you're giving us gold you really are just you know you just don't settle for okay it's that uh, strive for excellence and you just yeah. those little things uh well, awesome just, stuff and, and you have to be able to recognize them too you know yeah like, for, for sure and they say you know someone i could have been like you know what jason screw you it's not even that big of a deal you know like big whoop you do now i know i feel like a good cook good chef good person whatever you're doing can can step back and really you know take it from them a but then actually listen you know and understand why they're telling you because for the most part there are other people who will say stuff to you just to put you down but for the most part if someone's there to help you you know you, you they're not going to tell you something just to get you all riled up you know you got to take it in step back and kind of assess yourself you know mm, for sure and, Chef, I feel like we know you better now. You've given us your failures, your successes, your it factors, your your mantra. I, I love it. It's time for you to drop some restaurant bombs of knowledge on us. And this is going to be a speed round where you're just going to let us, you know, just let us know what you know about the questions I'm about to ask. You ready for this? Wait. All right, let's do it. What advice do you have for funding a restaurant, Chef? Uh, get out there. You got to, if you don't have the money, you got to, I mean, I'm working on it personally. Hopefully, uh, hopefully someday soon I'll find some, I'll find some money for a restaurant, but, uh, you got to get yourself out there. Um, you got to go to events. You got to, you know, if you can get to fundraisers, if you can do big dinners with, you know, cool people and just, you know, kind of do the things that make sense with the demographic you're looking for. You know what I mean? You're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna 
want to do a farm to table uh, theme, try to find a farm to table restaurant from a bunch of groups of owners who only do stuff in the city. You know what I mean? <clears throat> you need to, you know, get yourself out there in the right um, thing and, and just have a definite a purpose. You know, definite. So when you do have that opportunity, you don't mess it up. You know, you're ready. Like you know, that guy with the checkbook says, yeah, you know. You know, why should I work with you and, you know, be ready to give him it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Seth, so you got the money, um, you found your investors, you gathered the money on your own, whatever way you got it. Now it's time for you to find those incredible people. How do you hire people? What are you looking for? Me personally, uh, I'm just looking for the good in people, um, their mentality, if they're happy. Um, I like to think for a cook, for a sous chef and chef, that's different, but for cooks, I don't even, I, I don't need to, I feel like I, I, I'm starting not to need them to cook anymore, you know, um, like Charlie Trotter, I'd never even need resumes, you know, resumes, I don't care about that, you know, I want someone who, I'm going to find those people who, you know, someone may, someone else may have not wanted because they need a little more work, but mm -hmm. they're kind of like Play-Doh, you know, you can, you know, you can mold them into what you're looking for, you know, and, and you know, just have faith in people, you know, if, you know, someone has a little Everyone has flaws, you know, so you just have to. So I think it's. It sounds I mean, like you're saying higher attitude over skill. Exactly, you know, and, and exactly, you know, you just need to, you know, give people shots, you know, because chances are you at one point needed a chance, you know, and someone who wants it, you know, look for that, you know, and the shine in the eye, you know, if, you know, they're already trying to, you know, question what you do the first time you meet them, then odds are, you know, you probably won't, you know, that's not the top type of person I'm looking for, you so know. So, like, when you find the right people who don't question what you're doing, who have that sparkle in the eye, who have that good attitude, who are moldable, what do you do to keep them on your team? I, I treat them good, you know. I, I'm a fond believer in, you know, a lot of places have, you know, set rules, you know, obviously there's set rules for everyone, but uh, managing and uh, managing, being a chef wherever you are, it's very important. Uh, you, need to, you need to be able to relate to everyone. You need to be able to getting everyone else's shoes, getting their perspectives, you know, work next to them. You don't want to be walking around with a clipboard and, you know, just bossing people around. No, people want to work next to you. They want to see what you can, you know, it, it, it's everyone responds differently to different managing techniques, you know, and sometimes it may not work out, not because the person didn't have what you wanted, just because you didn't, you couldn't see how everyone has triggers, you know, mm -hmm. happy triggers and negative triggers, you know. You don't need, uh, some people just, be rude and you know some chefs are just assholes just because you know they say that that's how i am but what if someone you know is a little more sensitive but they're the most awesome chef ever you know like be flexible you know and have patience i feel like yeah i hear you what i'm hearing is like you know you it's your responsibility as a manager as an owner as an executive chef whatever your role is it's your job to to bring the the most out of people to help to provide them with the tools they need to be successful and if they're not if they're not cutting it it might not be their fault I man you have to take some ownership and realize yeah. hey maybe i'm not cutting it yeah that's exactly yeah exactly you know and i feel like that's uh if we started kids earlier with that kind of mentality of you know just kind of let them let them almost micromanage themselves see how they respond and you know even in school you're taught all the you're taught to memorize a bunch of stuff but well, you know, we should, you know, why not have a class just to see, like, hey, what what are you guys thinking about, you know, and then find out someone's interest, you know, and kind of uh, 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 embrace it, you know. If you know this person likes them, when they do something good, you know, and they respond good to, you know, whatever, you telling them this, you know, some people just respond to, like, once in a while, you know, give people credit for what they do, you know. Mm. And some stuff like, oh, you know, if, well, if you don't hear anything, then it's a good thing, but who doesn't like being told that they've done a good job and like be boasted about you know and, yeah. and you shouldn't be kissed shouldn't kiss ass some people you know some people take the positivity a little too much so you got to be careful but for the most part you know the chefs who say oh you know you know they don't say anything unless you fuck up well that's stupid you know like and you just gotta like you know see like you know make you know even like you know what i love to do too is make contests and stuff like you know if they can you know if the cooks can do this in this much time then you know I'll uh, give them this. So, you know, the waitresses, if they can sell me this many specials, they get a free one. Or, mm -hmm. you know, like a gift card, you know, that we may have gotten for free or, uh, you know, you know anything. Like some for free from a distributor, we'll, we'll use it for a contest. You know, just, you know, keep your staff engaged, you know. Awesome. All great yeah. stuff. So let me yeah. ask you, Chef, what is one resource? It sounds like you're somebody who's, I mean, I, we already kind of touched upon you being a big fan of Napoleon Hill. 
Are there any books that are a must-read for somebody in this industry? If they want to be successful, what else do you have that you would recommend to us? Uh, I love um, Marco Pierre White's uh, Devil in the Kitchen, I believe it's called. Uh, Marco Pierre White is, what well, is and was probably one of the greatest... Uh, he, he's one of the greatest resources I use to really, especially on YouTube, his um, old cooking videos for like Raymond Blanc and stuff were absolutely spectacular. It shows really the Marco, Marco Pure White that everyone loved, you know, as opposed to the philosopher, philosopher Marco now in modern day. Huh? <laughs> um, let's see, what else? Uh, culinary art history is fantastic. Um, and, uh, you know, it wouldn't hurt, you know, for everyone just to, you know, kind of get a gardening book or an edible herbs book mm -hmm. or uh, you know, uh, edible plant, edible mushroom book, and just kind of learn where everything's coming from, you yes. know, and, or take a walk in the woods and go look for some wild, or go find that chicken in the woods mushroom, you know, and that's like a good resource, you know, when you see 20 pound mushrooms sitting there and, you know, fall when everything's dark and everything's starting to die, and all of a sudden you see this bright, amazing mushroom, it's just uh, absolutely amazing, you know, it's, it's, it feels like you're in Alice in Wonderland, and, you know, it's, you, you're finding it just doesn't belong, you know? All of a sudden, this, like, beautiful thing is sticking out. But, uh, let's see. And, you know. I'm curious, Jeff, can you rewind to that book you mentioned, uh, Devil in the Kitchen? Uh, what's the one lesson, that the biggest lesson you took away from that book? The biggest lesson I took away in that book was just determination, you know? Marco Pierre White, he did it, you know, when he was at first starting to cook, I don't think, you know, the way he says it, he wasn't trying to be like, oh, I'm going to become the first missing, the youngest missing star chef. No, he just, for him, it was something that he was good at and he embraced it. And maybe in the time he didn't feel as happy, but, you know, he was doing what he was supposed to be doing, you know, and it, and it made sense for him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was really good at seeing and noticing those small things, you know, which if you read the book, you'll see why, you know, and, and just a, a good amount of, you know, just learn how to, you know, if you're confident in what you're doing, don't let anyone tell you otherwise, you know, and it's, you're going to take hits and, you know, everyone's going to critique you and this and that, but, you know, he, he was, you know, really, he had a very obscure way of um, dealing with it, <laughs> but he just, yeah, he just teaches people, you know, just be prideful of what you're doing, you know, and mm -hmm. someone wants to put you down, well, don't, you know, don't let it put you down. You know, he may have been a little hothead and uh, took everything a little more, but, you know, he was on the right path. <laughs> I think sometimes, but, Chef, we get way too caught up on what the media is saying and what people out in the world are saying about us. But really, at the end of the day, we're in this industry because we're passionate about making people happy, educating yeah. people on what food can be, or sharing our passions about food with others. As long as you're happy and doing those things and being good to your people and providing opportunity to others, well, why give a shit what anyone else has to say or about yeah. you and what you're doing? Just It's all about you, man. Exactly. You know, I might sound, you know, some people might say, oh, he's, you know, he sounds like a hippie. But, you know, it's amazing what just a little happiness and just want, uh, want to just help other people will do. You know, you'll end up finding out that, you know, the, I feel like the more you put into other people, the more you get back personally, you know. And oh, it's absolutely. Like, it's like the people who, you know, enter the business not wanting to make a bunch of money. They're the ones who end up making a bunch of money, <laughs> you know. So true. <laughs> I couldn't agree you know? more with you. And uh... my idea for my hopeful one day restaurant will come just <laughs> that whole philosophy of just almost making it making it second second thought so it can catapult itself to first you know so not giving people the opportunity to really give you a low blow of like you know it's, you know uh it's just uh, these little self-critiquing websites such as yelp and stuff you know I hear you. at, at parlor we personally i personally crushed it the first in my opinion the first you know nine months we did you know first 60 it took 60 reviews to get us down from four and a half stars you know so uh had you know 18 five star reviews and it was the first time ever i was like oh my god i love yelp you know <laughs> I see that but then uh so but then we're, you're going into this question i kind of want to lead it with a preface preface because the next question i'm going to ask you is what advice do you have on marketing and i think this is a good opportunity to kind of talk about what happens when you get bashed or what happens when you don't get that good yelp review how do you handle it and i think that's the direction you're about to go in yeah uh you know i've had some fun experiences on yelp this past year um me personally i am not afraid to say what's on my mind whatsoever um i'll be brutally honest with people um 
and, you know, try to say quick. But basically, you know, we got a review this past year, which was, uh, you know, quote-unquote, something to the terms of, uh, this place is a joke. We didn't have a full liquor bar. We only had cordials and beers, but we, you know, we tried. We had a bunch of flavored vodkas and stuff like that. But this, you know, this guy says, oh, place is a fucking joke. Uh, not even serve straight vodka, you know. If my grandpa was alive, he, you know, if my grandpa was alive, he'd spit on the floor and walk out. And we got one star. I got him, I got Yelp to take it down because I, I, I thought it was inappropriate and just irrelevant. So they ended up, he ended up posting it again. Okay, so what I did this time, I was like, you know what, fuck this, man. So I messaged him <laughs> from my personal account, introduced myself, said I'm the chef. And I gave it to him, man. You know, I was just like, you know, you don't understand. Like, I have a roof garden. So that time you went, you didn't you didn't see me walking up and down with the pails of water or the, all the soil. Because, you know, it took a lot of work for my roof garden, you know, to get those flowers on the plate. To, you know, for the homemade, you know, homegrown pea greens and homegrown radishes. And I told him, I was basically, you know, how passionate I am and how much work I put into it. And how fucking dare you to not only do it once, but now you're attacking, you know, me. Because I'm the one who actually cares and watch, looks at these. I'm the chef. And you're giving me one step based on this. And, and you know, me personally, it worked. Because he ended up saying, holy shit, I can't believe you just... Because I literally told him, Eric, I said, if you want to talk to me about it in person, you know where to find me, buddy. Like, I'm not playing around. Like, you know, this ain't cool. Like, how dare you, you know? Like, because it, you know, like Marco Pierre White said in the book, you know, you're going to come into my house almost, you know, because his restaurant, you're going to come into my house and, you know, when I've spent all this time and tell me, you know, you know, my shades aren't good or, you know, my door needs to be painted. You know, it's just really insulting, but it's, it, you just have to take it and, you know. One thing, Chef, I, I want to point out from what I'm gathering from you. I mean, no matter who you are, no matter what your mission is, no matter what you're trying to do, from what I've learned from all these interviews, the best thing you can be is yourself. Because yeah. when you're going, when you're just trying to do you and do what you love and, and do your thing, it's so easy to be you. But as soon as you try to be something or a piece, I mean, Michael Ma- Michael Meyer or Michael well, is that Danny Myers, for example, is somebody. His thing is hospitality. Like I'm just gonna spoil you rotten with hospitality, and that business model works for him. I'm sure you guys are very hospitable too, where you were at Parla. But yeah. you were yourself when somebody disrespected you. It kind of reminds me of that. Um, that scene from Chef, that video, that movie that recently came yeah. out, when that guy went up and he went, he like freaked out on him, yeah. but your passion came out. Yeah, and you're and yourself and you and you deliver yourself and you let the world see how passionate you are and what this means to you. It's good marketing, but it's yourself. Exactly. Yeah, and it, it's, it's, you know, everyone's entitled to an opinion too, you yeah. know. Uh, you know, if they don't like something, that's fine, you know, but we've had a person come before and they, you know, they, they eat the whole plate. And they then they said how it sucked. It wasn't hot enough, and it was yeah. no, so. Some you know, people in that situation. Derek, you know, so I go out there and I, <laughs> I say, you know, excuse me, is everything okay? And and they say, oh, it just wasn't really very good. And then you know we end up getting a Yelp review and all this stuff, and it's just you know, I ended up getting them to change it. But I told them, I said, you know, how it's okay for you not to like something, but what gives you the right to judge me? based on this one dish that isn't up to you, you know, I'm offering you another dish, I, you know, I wish you liked it, but uh, just, yeah, you know, just be yeah. yourself, and, and sometimes you just gotta, uh, my opinion, just don't be afraid to give it back, you know? And, you know, <laughs> you know it, and I'm gonna just put, like, a little bit of a disclosure on this. Uh, I'm not, I don't want people <laughs> to think we're suggesting you should go up, you know, and destroy no. all of your guests online and tell them... <laughs> But like, if they're you got to defend yourself to a certain yeah. level, and if that's your image, you know? that's who you are, mm. then it's a good marketing technique because yeah. you're not pretending to be anybody but yourself. And the guy on Yelp, I told him, I said, I wish I wasn't being, I wish we weren't talking under those circumstances. But you know, you come in, I, you know, I did my own personal menus for people based on your likes. If you had a favorite dish, I would try to mimic. You know, I, I was really flexible. I told him, I said. I try to help you. You know, I would love for you to come in and eat my food. If you don't like it, go back on the site. You know, what did he do? He ended up going, he ended up coming in, and now he was a regular, you know? And he said, you know, I love how honest you were. But, yeah, you know, you definitely... Honesty, have- that's the word right there, honesty. Like, yeah, you know, if they you're were real. Behind the name, exactly. Once they saw the chef come out, you know, people saw the chef come out, and I think chefs don't do it enough, you know? I'm not saying go out there and be like, hey, fuck you. But, you know, show them that you're concerned with why they didn't like it, whether it's a good reason or not. 
it's just it a can avoid you from getting shitty marketing b the opposite can happen and you know people can say oh my god i didn't like it and not only did i not like it but they ended up doing something else and i love this place now you know because they realize how flexible you are but you can't you know yeah you know it's just um and then obviously for the marketing it's just uh you know get yourself out there and that's what this unfortunately this world especially in the city you have to you know boston chefs is a great website too mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that place. I, Anna Lindon, Anna, uh, one of the main head honchos of that website is really a nice dude and uh, really helps working with restaurants to try to get the best out of them, you know, kind of like what you're doing, um, which is really fantastic. I like Thank places. you, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Awesome. So we're kind of uh, we're going to start wrapping up here. We're getting close to the end. i got to ask you, though, Chef, what are your – you know your opinions or your knowledge on technology in implementing new technologies, new systems, procedures, processes to make your restaurant more effective, more efficient, more profitable. Is there anything you're using front of house, back of house that you know about that you yeah. want to put your seal of approval on? Yes, I uh, well, Boston Chefs first off for marketing and just um, they they do a calendar they. So if you have a special event, uh, awesome for finding good help mm-hmm. uh, and finding good jobs. For if you're the cook or you're the chef looking for a job, just they, they attract the right people, you know, and they, they work really hard trying to get that right demographic, you know, as opposed to Craigslist, who you have people who, you know, couldn't find anything in the um, retail section, so they think that, you know, they can be a waiter, such as stuff like that, you know. It's just good. And um, one other one, uh uh, well, obviously, uh, Excel obviously is a big one for me. That's an old age one, but um, you know, I, I never was too big with the computer. So once I learned how to do Excel, it was like spreadsheet galore, everything. Um, and young cooks, I feel like it's definitely a good uh, a tool for people, you know, who are aspiring to be a chef. Because any chef probably does know, but that's definitely one thing you should have. And Adobe Illustrator is really cool too for menus. Um, I, I, I might sound like a you know a hippie again, but don't underestimate you know just your, your list making abilities. You know, you know you can have all this you know the I don't know, technology, but you know when it comes down to it, depending on your size and what you're doing, whatever. Uh, good old fashioned pen and paper mm-hmm. making list that you respond well to to be able to you know cross everything off. You know, and and lists. You know, it's if I didn't make lists for everything, you should see me. I'm like oh. OCD about that stuff, Eric. I, I make a list for lists of lists. <laughs> I have a list for the list that I have. <laughs> but no, uh, but seriously, you know, it's just you know keeping you know keeping all your thoughts you know on one page, you know, and just you, man. you know also just having kind of like a little memo book. I do personally. So if I if I get an idea for a dish, I write it down in the, the little memo pad I have, or you know even just you know a cool you know quote I heard, or you know. A, a recipe, whatever it is, you know, just some. I, I, me personally, I have stuff racing in and out of my head like, uh, Chef, like I, lightning. I feel like I have to tell you about Evernote. It's something I tell all my guests when they talk about lists and keeping, you know, making mm. mental notes, writing things down. Evernote is a great great tool it's an app that you can use on your computer on your phone on your tablet it syncs up no matter where you're using it and it's just a great way to keep all of your ideas your lists everything organized i can teach you more or tell you more about that after the show but awesome stuff uh, i think you might be interested in that i, I just put it on my uh my uh, your list, list. <laughs> I got it, yeah. awesome i got it right here <laughs> great all right man yeah. so i have to ask if you could go back in time Maybe to when you, uh, I don't know, man, like you were in the, your deep, darkest moment in your career and you were just starting to come on the upswing and to bring it back, to kick control over your bad habits. If you could give yourself yeah. one piece of advice during that time, if you could time travel and just say, hey, man, this is what you need to do starting now, what would that one piece of advice be? It would be just keep personal issues away from your business. You know, whether, you know, like the saying, don't let personal issues dictate your business business uh just whatever whether you're a cook or you're an owner whatever it is i mean you just can't afford to you know especially like as a cook to go to work and have to be worrying about this and that just let this i wish personally i could have way before i did just realize that it's the stuff wasn't that important you know and just to embrace the time that I was learning, you know, in the restaurant. It's just, it. once you go in with a bad, sour mood because something happened, it, it just, it resonates. And, and it's just not how you have a good, happy team, you know. Once one, one you know, one rotten egg spoils a bunch, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, 
Um, and uh, you know, you don't want to be that person who uh, I don't want to be that person who does that. You know, who's that negative? Who's that guy? You know, yeah, that, Danny Myers calls that skunking. It just takes one person to come in there with a nasty, pissy ass mood, and he just skunks everybody, and that brings the energy of the whole restaurant down. It affects your guests, man. It's not good stuff. I hear you, dude. That's what happened with you know my my, my an owner I was working with in the past. It was just. Everyone could be so happy, and then the owner with this negativity, you know, walked in. It was like, you didn't have to say anything. It's just, you get this, like, you know, almost like someone sprayed too much perfume, and you just, like, <laughs> smell them coming from a mile away. <laughs> like, that feeling, but you just know it's like that, you know, that negativity, just that gun's loaded and pointed at everyone, you know? And yeah. it just makes everyone want, you don't want anyone walking on eggshells. No, you, know? you do not. And, Chef, if there was one question I could have asked you that would have added more value to this interview, what would it have been? I think maybe a question to kind of get people to um, say more of the the more of the negative when it comes to this thing. I, I feel like people need to like culinary school. They don't prepare people for the the almost inevitable negativities of this business, you know. And you know, and and I think you know for you to ask people, you know, what what are the things that you know almost got you, you know what was the I don't know. Just there's a lot of just there's a lot of bad, you know. And just to get people more aware of, like, you know, being able to see, you know, kind of themselves falling into that habit, you know, hear more of the, the stuff that happens to more chefs and cooks than they think, you know, all this shitty stuff. But because when they, people know that other people have gone, went through it, then it's a lot easier, I feel like, for them to be more open about it. You know what I mean? So the question is, how do you deal with the negative? How do you get past the critics? Yeah. How do you yeah. cope? With yeah, like, yeah, exactly, you all know. Right. I guess I don't know. And uh, what? How do you get past it? What would, if you could just give me one sentence on how to get past it? Answer that question. I get past it by just remembering why I'm there, remembering why I love it, and remembering remember what I'm here for. You know, in my head, I have a reason, and that's it. You know, awesome. I have a goal. And, you know, no, yeah. Those are all the questions I had for you, Chef Man. You've killed it. You've given us great advice. We're going to wrap it up. And we wrap it up by having you call someone out. That's how you got here. Chef Callahan called you out. Who is one indie restaurant professional, maybe a mentor to you, somebody you admire, somebody who can be uh, a a wealth of knowledge for us listening in here at Restaurant Unstoppable? There is this fellow named Franco Carubia, Carubia, which is... um, Another fellow I met back in the Paul days, uh, he was, I believe at the time, sous chef for, you know, for me at the time, he was, you know, he has the accent and he's very, you know, his, you know, his stature is very, you know, at the time for me, I didn't know how to court tomato and, you know, he was that, he was that French, you know, sounding chef with his apron perfect, with the towel perfect, just very good etiquette, you know, just look very professional and, um, fun dude to be around and just, uh, wealth of knowledge too, he has a really impressive resume and, uh, What's he doing these days? Where can I find him? How can we connect? He's at the Windsor House. Uh, he is the chef of cuisine at the Windsor House. His fa- he is on Facebook too, but uh, I believe Windsor House is in um, Duxbury, I believe. All right. Uh, little spot, but uh, he's been at Les Paliers for quite some. He was there for quite some time. Uh, it's really. Uh, he's uh, he's got his classic French and stuff. He's just he, he makes really beautiful food and yeah, it was really uh, he he. He kind of he, he was another person who helped me see um, the other side of cooking, the more prideful and just yeah. Awesome. Since since he taught me how to core tomato, you know, I've had respect for him ever since then. <laughs> Franco, look up, man! I'm coming after you, and uh, let the folks at home know, Chef uh, Eric. I'm gonna say your name wrong. I'm afraid to say it. Hold on, Guanari. Oh, God, I knew I was I was not gonna be able to make it through this interview without messing Fuck. up your name. <laughs> say it for me, real quick. <laughs> Um, my name is Eric Bonagoria. Bonagoria. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm awful with names. Um, Eric, Chef Eric Bonagoria, man. Uh, how can the folks at home um, connect with you and uh, learn more to pick up the conversation? How can we keep the conversation going? Um, I'm, I'm on Facebook. Um, uh, my name is uh, Eric Bonagoria, just like my actual name. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm on that, and I have an email, but other than that... <laughs> All right, man. I'll put your Twitter handle in uh, uh, Twitter, the, the, right there, linked back to you. How's that sound? I, I need to get used in that stuff. Well, I do have a really cool Instagram too. So people, just... <laughs> all right, I'll have all the links right there uh, in the show notes to connect with you. Your uh, your Instagram, your Twitter, your Facebook, if that's cool. And uh, 
Chef, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. There's no questioning. You are unstoppable. Uh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Thank you so much, Chef Wanagorio. Don't know why I was struggling so hard with that name. It's like my last name's Cacciatoria. I'm an Italian. I should be able to spit this shit out, but I don't know. It's that Irish side of me, I guess. Anyway, awesome stuff, Chef. You really did rock it. Great, great guy. Uh, lots of energy, as you guys could tell. One thing that really stuck out to me in this episode, one thing that's worth pointing out, is having that definite purpose in life. And uh, I think that Chef Bonagorio is just an incredible example of what can happen if you just live intentionally and you do everything on purpose and have that definite purpose in life. So totally, uh, you know, something to take away from this episode. Thank you, Chef. And if you guys have any questions or any ideas for future episodes, shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Uh, you can find links to everything we talked about here today at www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash Eric Buonagorio and I should probably spell that for you it's Eric with the C B-U-O-N-A-G-U-R-I-O Buonagorio all the links will be right there in the show notes and don't forget to check out Restaurant Unstoppable slash books and slash tools for a complete list of all the past books and tools our guest mentors have recommended all right there. All right, that's all I have for you guys today. Until next time, peace out.